altered. There is magic in the mundane, bliss in the banal. The day is your dharma. I'm your host, Amaryllis, Ayurvedic health counselor, yogini, and Akashic Records reader. And this is your life, altered. Hello to all and welcome to another episode of the Altered Podcast. I'm introducing about my detox today. I do this as a seasonal rhythm, and I know that there's going to be lots of questions about this, and understandably. So I wanted to do this podcast episode to outline a general structure of how I do a cleanse slash detox slash pause. Most of this information is going to be about the beforehand and the after, not so much about the actual cleanse or detox. There are so many different programs, so many different methods that it's completely personal. And I have links in the show notes. Take a look at some of the programs that I've seen, heard about, and could recommend. But just know that this isn't a how to do the actual detox. This is more about the entire process of it. It's more than what you would think. And that's a good thing because it's meant to be a seasonal pause. Feel free to listen to this and take notes later or come back to this when you have a pen and paper and can take notes for yourself because it has a lot of informational items and there are more links, slides that I created. I used to do an Ayurvedic health program called Mama Thrive and I created some slides for the the mamas who were part of that program. So I'll have links to those. Okay, moving on to a seasonal pause. I break it up into four sections. The first is planning. The second, easing in. The third is the actual cleanse and pause. The fourth is easing out. Most people only think about the cleanse and they don't think about the other three components, which are key to a really successful and rejuvenative clearing out and bringing in. Because it's not just about cleansing, stripping, detoxing, getting rid of, which is how most people think of it. Oh no, I've got all this bad stuff in me and I have to like strip it out. No, we're releasing the things that no longer serve us. That might be mentally and physically. And we're also bringing in things that nourish us. So there's four components. I'll spend most of my time on uh, the first two. The third, like I said, has supports and links, and you're able to do your own research to find what would work best for you for the actual cleanse, and then a little bit about the easing out of it. Okay, so first, planning. This is not something that just you happen upon and say, ah, I'm, I'm going to do a cleanse. And it feels forced, it feels rushed, it feels hasty. You don't have the support systems in place. And so you're doing a cleanse, but then you're trying to also do everything else in your life because you didn't plan, you don't have support. You, It's kind of a mess, but you still feel good about it because you're cleansing, but it's not a nourishing pause. It's not a reset. Planning is key. 
for this. When I talk about planning, I mean well in advance. I'm in my fourth year or so, maybe even my fifth year of doing these seasonal pauses. I do one in the spring and one in the fall. These are the major transitions of the year when we're coming out of the winter and coming alive again. So this is a key time to do your cleanse. And then the other major transition is in the fall as the leaves are falling and we're preparing to go into the hibernation and the rest and the restoration of the fall, excuse me, of the winter. That's the other time. So about six months apart. I plan for about six months apart. I personally like to do mine in early March. And because I know this, I set my dates on the calendar. I had this already planned in probably August or September of last year. I looked ahead, looked at the dates. So when I'm planning my pause, I look at the month and I personally know that I like to do it in early March when I'm actually doing the cleanse. For some of you, it may be later in March or through April, completely fine. Look at the calendar and see what works best for you. Part of that reason is because I have my birthday in early March. I like to do this around my birthday. I'm never celebrating by going out and having cake. I give my daughter my birthday cake (laughs) and she's so happy about that. But I'm always in my cleanse, my pause over my birthday. And I enjoy that. It's a way that I like to personally celebrate it. I also plan around the moon. I like to have the cleanse start after the full moon because as you're moving from the full moon to the new moon, it's about releasing. And I want my alignment to be in the same alignment with nature and with the moon to release So I plan it to be between the full moon and then just as I'm coming out of the cleanse, it's the new moon. If that sounds like it's too much, it doesn't work for your calendar, that's fine. But if that feels like something that really aligns with you, take a look at the lunar calendar and the dates and when that could work for you. A part of planning is thinking about when you're going to do this. What month are you going to align it with the moon? How many days are you going to be in the cleanse? How many days are you going to lead into the cleanse? I'm about to talk about that, the easing in. And how many days are you going to ease out of it? What kind of time commitment are you looking at here? What priorities are you working around? When you have this scheduled on your calendar, especially well in advance, you can plan things around this. You have that time blocked off. In planning, you also want to know what are my parameters, not just the days and the times, but what are the things that I'm going to let go of? What are the things that I'm going to be eating? What is the program that I'm going to be going through? And if you're investing in a guided program, highly recommend that you're going to be on their schedule. And that's not a bad thing, especially because you're getting the accountability and the support. But what are the parameters? Thinking about relationships. Am I going to be doing this alone or is my family going to be joining me? Are we doing this together? Keep in mind that they don't have to do it with you. Your roommates, your housemates, your family, your significant other partner, they do not have to do this with you. 
And if you feel like you need them to do this too, and they're kicking and screaming and fighting it, but you need them to do it too in order for you to be successful, I would really reconsider that. You are an autonomous, sovereign being, and you are free to do this on your own, even if it means other people around you are doing something different. Even if the people who live with you and share the kitchen with you are eating differently, having different timing of things, this is okay. You want to sink into this authority of the self that I and my habits and the things that I do and participate in are independent, even though they're intertwined with my housemates, my roommates, my partners, my relationships. You can step into a cleanse on your own without the entire household needing to do it with you. It's not going to be a good experience if you drag people with you. It's not going to be the same. Instead, what I would recommend is that you step into this fully, wholeheartedly, on your own as the sovereign being that you are, doing what you need to do for yourself. And set the example. And maybe at the next cleanse, the people around you would say, you know, it was really amazing to see what happened after that cleanse that you did the last season. I I might do it with you this time. What, What are you thinking about doing? You set the example and they may join you or they may not. That's up to them. And it's it's not for you to to choose or decide for them. But you might find that you're an incredible example to them. So if people around you are going to be doing this with you, that needs to be negotiated. What does this look like for all of us? Is it a little bit different for each of us because of different needs? What does that look like? And if the people in your household are not joining you, then it needs to be clearly communicated to them what you're going to be doing and why and what to expect from this. Let them know, I'm going to be doing this and this. I'm going to be eliminating this and this for this period of time. And then you can ask for their support after you clearly define what it is that you're going to be doing so that they know, so that there's no surprises. You can ask for their support. I'm going to be eliminating coffee and sugar and red meat for this period of time. I would really love it, even though you might be having dessert after dinner. I would love your support and not asking me if I would like a piece of pie. And think about other ways that you could communicate how you want them to support you so that you are successful. They don't have to do it, right? But you do need to ask. You do need to get clear about what you want and ask, and that's all that you can do. Also in this planning phase, you want to think about why. Why are you doing this? What is your why? Think of several whys because the first ones that come to mind might be very mm, superficial and not that that's bad, but you want to go deeper and deeper and deeper and list several reasons why you're doing this. Write those down so that it's very clear to you your deep why. And that why, the why statement of what you want, 
the why isn't a bashing. Oh, because I need to lose five pounds. And uh, no, no, no. Why is because here's what I want. I want to feel lighter and brighter. I want this break from social media. I want the time and the space. It's it's something that enlivens you. Your why is a statement of what you want. And that want, that desire is what pulls you through the challenging parts of a pause or a cleanse when bad habits start knocking at your door. You can go back to your why and let it pull you forward, pull you through. It's like a guiding light taking hold of your hand and pulling you forward saying, nope, we've, we've already established you want to do this for this beautiful reason, these beautiful reasons. Let's move forward with this. Instead of pushing yourself with the, I ought to, I'm supposed to, I should, I need to, ugh, all of that has such a bad, shamey, negative vibe. Don't push yourself through the cleanse in such a way. Allow yourself to be pulled by that bigger, beautiful why. Final part that I'll say about planning is that you know the days you know how long if you've put it on your calendar well in advance and you know when this is going to happen make sure that you've got as much as possible removed from your calendar there's no socializing there's no extraneous events you are truly setting this time aside as a pause i'm not going to be doing anything extra i am saying no to anything that isn't serving this time out. It is not a time to do business as usual and add a cleanse. It doesn't work that way. A time out, a pause is meant to be rejuvenative and you don't create that space and the ability to see what is possible if you're still going about business as usual and trying to add in the cleanse. I've done mine where the whole easing in was business as usual, um, dietary shifts and changes. The first, let's see, I do my cleanse, the actual full-on cleanse for five days. And I, the first time I did it, I had the first two to three days where I was still working, but nothing else was happening. And then the other days, the fifth day and then the kind of the first three days coming out of the cleanse, I wasn't working. You may choose to use vacation days or paid time off, sick days, so that you can support yourself and actually take this time away from work. You deserve that. And it's a part of healthy living to take time out a lot of us think of time out or time off as vacations and we go and do more things. And a lot of people, I know we're not vacationing so much in the same way anymore because of COVID, but so many people travel or take vacations and it's so stressful to plan it, to go there, to be in it and do it and then to come home and to catch up on all the work and to catch up from all the travel and just get back into the swing of life. It just Yes, the 
vacation was to go and do something and it was different and it was fun. It was a wonderful experience, but it also was hard. Time off, quote unquote, a vacation for yourself could also be a time in and doing nothing. It's a part of Sponda. I had mentioned this in a another podcast episode about the pulsation between two poles. And in this case, it's action and rest, the activity and the rest. We cannot always stay in this mode of activity, 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 pass out and sleep, get up and go, get up and go, activity, 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 pass out. Because passing out at the end of the night isn't, isn't deeply restorative rest. So we want that pulsation. And springtime is a great time to pause and really get in that rest, especially after the winter, clearing out the heaviness of the winter before we have the spring and all the activity of summer. It's working with the calendar year that yes, in the summer, we have lots of activity. The sun is up and we're doing more and maybe sleeping a little less and that's okay because we rested more in the fall and winter and did the seasonal cleanse and were really refreshed and ready for all the activity of the spring, late spring and summer. And then in the fall, we take that pause to say, ooh, that's been a lot. This pause is to help me recover and regain that sense of quiet, come back into a place of stillness, release the heat of the summer, And to prepare for this transition of fall into winter where I'm really resting and restoring. The next phase, second phase, is easing in. I personally like to do two weeks of easing in. This is a period where I reduce and ultimately eliminate any sugar, dairy, gluten, caffeine. I don't do any drugs or drink alcohol. But if that's something that's in your life, reducing that, eliminating that. And there's a reason why I give this amount of time. Yours could be shorter, not a problem. I would give at least a few days. The reason why I've noticed that it's helpful to do this easing in is because it's not such a jarring, somewhat traumatic experience when you actually get into the cleanse. The body doesn't freak out. The mind doesn't freak out as much when you start the actual cleanse because you've already gotten into that mindset. The body's already starting to adjust to not having the sugar. That's a huge one for me. The body's already starting to adjust. Okay, I'm not eating the regular foods. I'm not having the meat, not snacking on the cheese. For whatever reason, that was a big thing for me this year is... (laughs) As soon as the easing in week started, my mind freaked out and said, what, wait, what? I can't have cheese? Mind you, I don't eat dairy very much. It's rare. A ton of ghee, but aside from that, every now and again, cheese, but I'm, I'm not a big cheese dairy person. But as soon as that easing in started, my mind kicked up in rebellion, freaked out, Like, wait, 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 things are going to change. Oh, no, no, no. I don't like change. Whoa. And I started craving cheese. So you know what I did? For the next two days, I ate a ton of cheese. And then the insanity of the mind was, was gone. I didn't fight it. 
That's the whole reason I give myself the two weeks to ease in and then it let go and I'm not craving cheese anymore. And so I'm not eating dairy. It's a settling. It's a recalibration time. It does not have to be so cut and dry. One day this and the very next day, this other thing. That's hard. It's really hard on the body and it's really hard on the mind when it's used to certain things. It's used to a pattern and you suddenly change it up. The first thing it's going to do is fight. And then you're going to have to use an extraordinary amount of willpower to fight against it and declare, no, you're on this cleanse. And it's just hard. You don't want this to be so hard. You want this to be a beautiful time out. So give yourself that space and the grace to ease in. As I'm easing in, I'm thinking about what I'm taking out, what I'm eliminating and reducing, not just food. I'm also thinking about what am I going to eliminate during the easing in, but also during the detox. What am I going to eliminate or reduce? For some people, maybe email cannot be eliminated. That's fine. Consider all media outlets. Consider all social media. Consider the daily to-dos. Consider the connection to others. Consider all the things that you take in with your eyes, with your ears, the consumption of everything because we want to rest. So we don't want so much coming in. After I've really decided what it is that I'm going to release and let go of, reduce, eliminate, and I've set those parameters, I've shared them with the people around me for support and also accountability, I don't just think about what I'm eliminating because many people think of detox, cleanse as getting stuff out and stripping. It's also a time of rejuvenation and restoration. So I'm clear on what I'm going to reduce and eliminate. Now let me get clear on what I'd like to bring in that will nourish me. What kind of movement practices, gentle movement practices, self-massage, baths, meditation, silence, walks, hikes, reading, something that's uplifting and supportive and enhances my growth? What sounds like it would really soothe my soul? Journaling, doing the adult coloring books, being outside in my garden, laying around daydreaming. That's personally one of my favorites. (laughs) Get clear on what you're going to be bringing in. Purchase the things that will support you during this time beautiful herbs, aromatherapy, bubble baths, a dry brush, a lovely new journal. Get excited about taking this time out for yourself. And then when the day comes, you are officially starting your cleanse. I'll move on to the third phase, the cleanse, the detox, the pause. There are several ways of doing this. I'm a big fan of doing it as a group, as part of a structured group cleanse, if you've never done one before, because you have that support there, you have the accountability, you also have somebody who can answer questions for you and do some troubleshooting. You also have other people around you who are doing it 
as well. And they might end up inspiring you or giving you ideas that you never thought of. It's so helpful to see, oh, other people are doing this too. It's not just me. I'm not, I don't feel so alone in this. Like I'm the only person in the world that's like not eating these regular things right now. I feel alone. I feel deprived. When you're in a group, you feel very supported and you feel motivated and you feel like if they can do it, I can too. I would highly recommend making that investment for yourself in yourself. A couple of things to note about the actual cleanse. I do not recommend a cleanse for people who are pregnant or primarily breastfeeding. You don't want anything circulating in the bloodstream. You don't want that stress on the body. It is not the time. There are ways that you can do it if you're pregnant or primarily breastfeeding where it's not so intense. I would re-listen to the easing in phase and see what you could reduce or eliminate that would still be helpful to you. Because chances are, let's give an example of sugar or caffeine. Chances are you could spend two to four weeks eliminating sugar and caffeine and, and alcohol and other things that you know are a part of your daily life that are not serving you. And in doing that, you would still be in this place of cleansing the system, bringing the system back into a better state of balance and health without creating the distress or the toxins floating in the bloodstream and perhaps being problematic. Okay, so with that side note, for those who are doing a cleanse, I'll share that mine is typically five days of kitchery. There are some other practices that I have in there, but I'm, I'm not going to share them because it's um, a little more nuanced and specialized to me. I do five days mono diet of kitchery, and I have a link to kitchery in the show notes. Kitchery is an incredible meal because it provides nourishment, sustenance, so that you feel supported and, and good because you can eat. We're not about starvation here. That's a really great way to put yourself in an extraordinary state of stress. And we don't want that. We're having a pause. But you'll definitely notice that there's still a, a cleansing action. I eat kitchery three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. No snacking, nothing in between the meals. Some other practices that I have as I'm in this cleanse is that I pay attention to the food. Nothing else is happening as I'm eating. I sit, I have full presence and attention. I bless the food. I chew the food thoroughly and I take a pause after eating so that it can settle and digest. I'm not darting off to the next thing. You may notice that there's a whole different experience of eating when you are living life at a much slower pace and actually sit with your food and take it in. We learn to be in relationship with food, to really honor it and say, my goodness, thank you. You might even come into right relationship with your own hunger when you're not snacking and incessantly eating and it comes lunchtime and your belly is rumbling and you're ready for that kitchery. You're coming into right relationship with your own hunger and that bowl of kitchery looks so good. 
when you're actually hungry and you're so ready for that nourishment and that food, you say yes. And you're really grateful for it instead of mindlessly putting food in the mouth all day while you're scrolling on Instagram, doing catching up on work emails. You don't even take a break from work to eat. You just do your work and shovel spoonfuls, bitefuls into the mouth as you're working, right? There, there's no connection. And having kitchery for five days is so easeful because I make a big batch of it in the morning and have it all day. It's already prepared. There's there's nothing else to plan. It just sits in the same pot and I reheat it. It's so easy. There's so much more time in the day when you're not organizing three different meals per day and cooking and cleaning up. It's it's so simple. Oh, a lot of ease. Know that as you're in this cleanse time, I do five days. Three days may be better for you. There will be some discomfort. You don't want an extraordinary amount of upset and distress. That's part of why you plan it, why you ease into it, and why you have the kitchery. So you're not starving yourself. You're still nourished. But there still may be some discomfort as we release the old, as we let go. Continue tapping into your why to help pull you through. Know that you may need extra rest. So a lot of your time out may be spent napping, sleeping. Wonderful. The body needs that. So there is some discomfort, but it should be gentle and manageable. Being in part of a group and a supported cleanse program is helpful because here you can get support and troubleshooting and ask questions as you're moving through the cleanse. And that's really valuable. Understanding that it's natural to have ups and downs, emotional and physical ups and downs. There's a release as you're letting go of patterns, habits, the old, shedding away, melting away, things may come up and out. You may find that you're crying and you don't really know why. Nothing happened. You weren't thinking about anything sad. It just something within the body wanted to be expressed. Allow it to come up and out. You don't have to analyze it or try to figure out where it came from. It just, it's part of the cleanse. It's being released. You're in this cleanse for a deeper level of rest and peace and stillness in body, mind, and emotions. And so the rest is a priority. If all of this is sounding good to you so far, please do some research into programs and detoxes. Take a look in the show notes for something that would support you. I'm giving a little bit of information about what I do during this cleanse, but again, it's not its not everything because it's so individualized to me and I, I, I'm not going to put that out to everybody. So find a program that you feel would work for you. And I'm going to move on to our final phase, the fourth phase, transitioning out. 
a lot of people think about a detox as I've mentioned earlier, stripping, stripping away, getting rid of, ah, this bad stuff is in me and I need to get it out. Yet most people also think about it just as in the physical, but there's many layers to it, right? The emotional, the mental, and it's not just about stripping. You also have to bring in that which nourishes. And I think about it as, as a piece of furniture. If you take the, um, what is it, a varnish that you put on the wood to strip off all the old paint, think of that as, as like the cleanse. Most people stop there. They've stripped everything out. But you don't want to leave that piece of wood in such a state. You want to put on a nice oil, perhaps a stain or a new coat of paint. You want to put something back onto it that brings luster to the wood, to the piece of furniture. In that same way, the transitioning out is just as important. And sometimes you have to learn this the hard way. The very first time I did a cleanse, I came out of it way too fast. I was way too excited to eat certain foods again. It tore my stomach up. I had so much pain in my stomach, so much gas. I, oh, I was a wreck. And I was also really bummed. I thought, oh, I missed out on this opportunity. And of course, it didn't ruin the cleanse. It didn't ruin the whole process, but it was definitely a learning experience. It's something to do slowly and mindfully. If you've had five days of just eating kitchery, you can't go and eat a, a beef lasagna the next day. Your digestive system is going to be really unhappy. You're going to be very miserable. So you slowly have to start adding in more complexity in the food, density in the food. But before you come to this easing out process, as you're in this cleanse, as you're in this beautiful space where towards the end you're in this place of clarity and peace and rest, start asking yourself, journaling about, what do I really love about this? What have I learned? What is it that's no longer serving me that I let go of through this pause and I don't want to bring it back in? Or if it's something that has to be brought back in, in what way do I want to bring it back in? How do I want my relationship to be with this and this as I come out of this pause? There are some things that you could probably say, yeah, I can let that go. I don't need to bring it back. There are some things that you, you have to bring back in and you are very clear about the way in which you want it to come back into your life and the new relationship that you want with it in your life. You don't have to be in a rush to get back to life as it was. You may not want life as it was. You may have learned a great deal about yourself and the way that you would like things to be moving forward. Honor that. Get clear on that and then communicate that with members of your household, with people at work, with your relationships. 
most importantly, yourself. Take what you've learned. Take what has settled within you and move that forward into your life. Know that you have shifted things physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, spiritually. This has to be honored with a slow and deliberate easing out. Make notes about things that you would like to do differently for the next seasonal cleanse. Don't think that you'll just remember them as the months go by. You won't. So go ahead and make notes. How could I improve upon this experience the next time I do the cleanse? Bring in practices that really nourish you. When I come out of my cleanse, I love to go get acupuncture done before I you know, get back into the regular rhythm of things in this easing out phase. I have acupuncture, I have massage, I have foot reflexology, I go to the dry sauna. I have a lot of nourishing body work done. Now that I'm in this beautiful place of ease and rest, and I've had five days of kitchery, my body and mind, heart and soul say yes and can really receive it. And it also helps to flush and clear things out, especially the physical practices like the massage and the acupressure. Schedule something for yourself. Schedule several things for yourself. You're worth it. You deserve it. As you're easing out, say thank you to the people who supported you during this whole process. Because all of this, from the planning to the easing in, the cleanse and the easing out, is probably at least three weeks. For me, it's a solid four weeks. Say thank you to those who have, who have been a great support. For those people who did not offer you the desserts and the snacks at work. You didn't ask you if you'd like a glass of wine. The people in your cleanse group who gave you so many ideas and support. Send out gratitude to all the resources that you had available to you in order to do this sacred pause, to align to your truest self, to bring your body into alignment with the rhythms of the seasons, the privilege and the abundance that we have. Gratitude that this is even a possibility in your life. And all the things, not just the people, but the resources available to you to be able to do this. Thank you. Also know that if you transition out, after a couple of weeks, a few weeks, you're back to the way things were, That's okay. There's no judgment. Sometimes just taking the break feels really good. And maybe the next time or the next time or the next time there are other things that stick. Just because your life doesn't do a complete 180 after you do this cleanse and release things, if all the things find their way back into your life, that's okay. That's okay. This is a journey. This is a process. Every time I do my cleanse, I think that I'm going to let sugar go and that it's just not going to make its way back into my life. And every time, I mean, this is probably my eighth or ninth time. It always does. So 
I've let that, I've let that go. It's okay if I just release the sugar for this month and these two months out of the year. That's okay. I hope this has been helpful. I trust that you feel inspired to take this. And if it doesn't feel like it's doable for the spring, to go ahead and start planning for the fall, to take a sacred pause for body, mind, and spirit, to take the rest that you need, to research the programs that will help guide you through the cleanse. Take a look at the resources that are in the show notes. Feel free to ask any questions that you have. And get excited about a pause twice a year. I look forward to these now. Every spring, every fall, it, it's such a rhythm now. I can't imagine not doing it. At every level, I want this in the spring and in the fall. Let's start this as a cultural, social norm. To pause twice a year. To cleanse I want this to be such a widespread, common practice. Getting into that rhythm of nature, taking the seasonal pauses. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And until next time. Remember that spirit guides, but never decides. How will you choose this hour, this day, this week at the altar of your life? Thank you so much for listening. If you feel called, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it. Also, connect with me and discover more on Instagram at Amaryllis underscore Fernandez. Until next time.